0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, hold on. She must have shown you something she read today. Ellis, do you want to come read this? Can you come read this? Yeah. Okay, so Ellis was reading Frozen, the okay. golden book frozen, and she wanted to read something. Go ahead, Elle. When Anna found Hans, he refused to kiss her. His plans all along had been to take over the kingdom. Anna was crushed.
1: <gasps> That's our word.
0: Hi, welcome to Crush the Podcast, uh, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Kirsten Lyons, and I'm joined by my cousin and co host, Aaron Raderstorff.
1: Yeah, and on today's podcast, there's a boy. He invited himself.
0: Well, I have some exciting, exciting news to share. What's wrong? I'm excited. I know what you're about to say. (laughs) What what am I about to say? Oh, go ahead. We're going to start a Patreon.
1: Oh, that's not what I (laughs) thought you were going to say. Did you think I was going to say I'm pregnant? I'm not pregnant. No, I thought you were going to introduce our sponsor, not sponsor, who just Instagram messaged us. Like we we're not need... going to say the name of the company. No, I'm it not giving like, them publicity. Hey, we're reaching out to new exciting podcasts with a, an exciting opportunity. It was so... basically like, hey, girl, do you want to join my whatever? <laughs> do you uh, want to sell these face oils? And it was, it was like, give us a review and... We'll, we'll partner you with you. They basically made it sound like they were doing us a huge favor. Um, they were a to say this in the most politically correct way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's. A, think, I want to hear how you describe this.
1: A ha- testicular hair removal <laughs> service. <laughs> right? Is that because nothing says crush the
0: podcast like a testicular hair removal service?
1: <laughs> I think they're perfect for our brand identity. Personally. <laughs> If anyone disagrees, I think you misunderstood this podcast.
0: (laughs) Anyway, uh, going back to Patreon, we are going to start a Patreon. We have so many exciting things planned and ideas for it. One of them, Ellis is going to do, my seven and a half year old, almost eight year old, is going to do a crushed episode um, for our Patreon subscribers. Is that what it's called?
1: Patreon supporters.
0: Supporters, subscribers, lavas. Um, that's the second that's time in this That's a different kind of
1: Patreon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's for the gesticular hair removal yeah. crew. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so yeah, so we're going to launch it pretty soon. We're really excited about Oh, we should read a review. We should read a review. We've been reading these reviews and they're so delightful and so lovely, but guys, keep leaving reviews. We want to keep reading them.
1: Please. Yes. I want to highlight a review from somebody I love very much, my best friend, Emily Jordan. She was my college roommate and she was the person who, when I would fall asleep in front of the oven with pizza rolls in it, she would turn off the oven for me. So
0: Everybody needs someone who would turn off the oven when the pizza rolls are there. True
1: friendship. Um, She said, this podcast is everything. The relatable content is so inspiring and encouraging. The hosts are so bubbly and so genuine. They truly portray how much they want to change the stigmas for the better. They also take the best mug shots. Uh, Let's also talk about when we did the live with Claire that she
0: texted you and said, I do not look 40 and wanted to know my skincare routine. (laughs) I knew you just wanted me to read this so you could shout that out. Well, I have to say my skincare routine is I did the whole live in front of a window. So the yeah. natural light was like, natural Amazing. Lighting. I mean, you do have really good skin. Oh, thank you. Well, but. it's gotten a lot better. I used to, I used to have really bad acne, really bad acne, especially in like my twenties when I didn't know that I had issues with a bunch of food, which I should have known because I had issues when I was a kid, but. I'm not going to say, okay, fine. I'll say it. I have PCOS. (laughs) I
1: knew that's where it was going.
0: Anyway, um, we're so excited for you to hear this episode. Um, And
1: Can I say something I was thinking about after we did this episode, actually? Okay. Um, My mom and I, after you guys lived with her, my mom and I were in the car one time. It was after Bradley had probably made some incredible breakfast. And my mom was like, Bradley has an incredible story. And I was like, yeah, sometimes he just pulls these stories out of a hat and they sound made up. And she was like, they do. And then there was just like a small (laughs) silence where we both were like, are they? Because we were, it was like kind of in the kitchen one morning and Bradley was like, yeah, I used to own a catering business. (laughs) He just has these little fun facts about his life that you're like, when did you have time to do all of this? When did you have time for all of these little stories to be true? But they are.
0: Yeah. He's too good to be true. I told him, actually, I told him when we were dating, I said, I don't like, I can't believe you exist. Do
1: you know, I have to stop myself sometimes when I meet new people from like unloading all of my like highlights on them. Like I've been (laughs) to Australia. I've been like all this stuff because there's like 10% of me is like really cool stuff that nobody else has done. Right.
0: First of all, it's more than 10%. You shot a bear when you were only three. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that was Davy Crockett. I'm so sorry. Uh,
1: I know. We get us confused all the time. But I mean, like, I have a habit of doing that to be like, see, look how cool and great I am. And then they get to know me later and they're like, oh, that, that was it. Why do you think you say, look how cool and great? Why, why are you doing that? So they'll like you or what? Um, I don't know. I don't think the rest of me is as interesting as that 10%. I'm also like, I'm aware that I'm kind of a weird person. And so I'm like, maybe if I lead with this, they'll keep that in the back of their head and it'll be like redeeming.
0: Do you think you're a weird person?
1: Um, yeah.
0: Cause you don't believe in umbrellas?
1: Mostly or weather. Guys,
0: guys, Erin doesn't believe in umbrellas.
1: I believe in them. I know they exist. I don't believe in using them.
0: Guys, Erin doesn't believe in using umbrellas. She got in a very heated discussion with me about this.
1: It's a personal (laughs) preference, you know. I think if other people want to use them, they can. I I just, I, you know, we can do a separate episode on all of my weird quirks, but I just don't know why. I mean, first of all, whoever designed the umbrella, terrible form. Second of all, (laughs) why anyone would want to carry around something that's large and now soaking wet when they're trying to stay dry makes no sense to me. All of these. And then have you ever tried to get in a car with an umbrella? It doesn't work. You end up getting wet anyway. Just bite the bullet. Walk in the rain. You'll be fine. Um, okay.
0: So really quick. You've never lived in Seattle but or London. But also, I don't think you're a weird person.
1: That's very nice of you. But you're also a weird person. So it doesn't really count. <laughs> Of the people that I have tried to previously fit in, I think that's the thing. If I think somebody is outside of my normal social circle, I lead with like, here's my highlight reel of cool things I've done. That's all. Oh, but what I, the point I was trying to make was Bradley is all highlight reel. He has none of that in between.
0: Oh, that's really cute. That's not true, but that's really cute. <laughs> I live with him.
1: Fair enough. Well, anyway.
0: He is the best person I've ever met. I just think he's hilarious and wonderful and I love him so much.
1: He's a really cool dude.
0: He is a really cool dude. I just remembered hair removal for your testicular area. And on that note, I'm excited for you to be Bradley. You can't be part I just of this. I quiet. didn't know this. I'm not no. supposed to be
2: here. Tell me when I'm, I'm going to leave.
0: No, you can be here. You I just don't want <laughs> when
2: to be here. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh! I haven't done it's, this, How this is going to be. <laughs> All right, Bradley Hazemeyer is a host, an auto journalist, an actor, a writer, and a lover. <laughs> Ew, what? don't say that.
2: Am I allowed to talk now? <laughs>
0: what do you awesome. want your bio to be?
2: That was great. <laughs>
0: Um, I would really, I would
2: lead with with lover Um, just because I feel like, like ingredients on the back of a, of a carton of food. The thing that's most prevalent is the first ingredient. So lover first.
0: You're a lover first. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So Bradley's here. He's a boy. He's the first boy ever on crush the podcast.
2: I'm the first boy ever on crush the podcast to have a voice. (laughs) There have been a lot of boys involved.
1: With, yeah, and that's true. Men,
2: but huh. they've never had a chance to speak back
1: just to speak so I feel like
2: tonight <laughs> while i'm chewing on some almonds and chocolate chips because it's late
0: and we're having we're drinking uh this episode is brought to you by rosé water i was at trader joe's and tried to find a review of this forever and then realized it was not a trader joe's brand it's just a brand called rosé water it's dry rosé wine blended with sparkly water it's Delicious.
2: We're so old and basic. It's not even funny. We're so old and basic. basic. Aaron, when you said, I'm Aaron. getting a table at such and such place, I thought you meant you were purchasing a table <laughs> for your house,
1: furniture. not
2: that you were actually getting bottle service. I was like, oh, I don't think I've, is that like a very modern uh, table company? Uh, it's probably on La Brea, right? There's a lot of furniture places.
1: Uh, we're talking about
0: table service in LA i was like anywhere between $1,000 and $10,000 for a table. Anyway. To
1: Elefante. And it was very much like. That's
0: not a real place.
1: Instagram first was the priority, food second. See, the drinks were like incredible. Lover,
2: lover first <laughs> and then Instagram second.
1: All right. So,
0: anyway, Bradley's here today. If you don't know, Bradley is my main squeeze. True. I have other squeezes, but just the main. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: just the main one.
0: Okay. So, Bradley. Yes. First off,
2: First off, just thank you. This is such an honor to even be here. (laughs) Shut up! I'm so excited. No, this is really cool. Listen, I love what you guys are doing. I really do. I think it's really awesome. I love hearing the feedback. Every time Kirsten tells me like this person made this comment or whatever. I'm just like, you know what, you will get traction and sponsorship and stuff. But like, it's just great that you're able to do something that actually matters, you know? I, I mean that.
0: I really I mean, can't tell if you're being genuine be a or just real being dick move. So no, nice. That, that
2: is that's a true. I'm really I'm really proud of you for this.
0: Thank you. But
2: I'm not allowed to say I'm proud of you because you feel like that's denigrating to your abilities, and you, <laughs> that's been a whole thing.
0: You are allowed anyway. Let's not get into our marriage <laughs> problems.
1: Oh, I hope. This Wait, is-, is it because like if he says he's proud of you that you sometimes feel like he expect he didn't expect you to do that well? Because I sometimes feel that way. Yeah, I think it yes,
0: and I also think sometimes he tells me he's proud of me of things that I'm like, bitch please, I can do this. Like, but but when he tells me when I cook and he tells me I'm proud of me, I'm proud of me, I actually really take that to heart because I don't cook and I'm and I so I, and he's a phenomenal cook, so I An actually really cook. appreciate that. But I think when it's like work stuff, I'm like <laughs>
2: yeah well you also fall asleep on the sofa at 4 30 in the afternoon and you haven't had a drop of alcohol
0: 7 30 to 8
2: uh there's also this weird thing re- in working. our relationship where oh here we go she feels <laughs> like i treat her like an employee
0: sometimes
2: so she feels like i'm like hey did you did you get that laundry done like uh like we had in the morning meeting we talked about getting <laughs> that's that laundry exactly
0: done. What it- like
2: um, because it's almost lunchtime and you know we got the TPS should, reports due we should at lunch talk time.
0: about where did this come from and then we'll get into the most I would important.
2: love to know where this came from
0: uh yeah. when we were first dating and we hadn't said I love you yet well maybe we'd said I don't know we were first dating okay and you said to me after he had seen me like kids so maybe we, we had said I love oh, you oh really this comes kids, from that no, but it started there. Okay. And Bradley goes, "Well, why don't you tell everybody what you said?" I just put food in my mouth. Okay, so he saw me with kids. He saw me at my man- nanny job, and he goes, "You know, if this doesn't work out between you and I, I would definitely hire you as my nanny."
2: Which I considered <laughs> a really great compliment. And I was like, it was not a really great compliment. I was
0: like, if, no. okay. First of all, now you've just broken us up. I've already got some major issues already with my past. And then second of all, you want me as the hired help? <laughs> Thanks a lot.
2: You do a great job
0: for me to watch you in your. It's like new, you can't have life. my kids, but you can come <laughs> hang out with my kids from nine to five. Anyway, uh, so in sync or Backstreet Boys, or
1: do you ever write in Backstreet Boys? Did you want to be them? <clears throat>
2: I didn't want to be them, <laughs> but remember Chris, one of my best friends, Chris Jessen and I in college, we would do improv videos because I, I had a video camera that my grandparents didn't want anymore because it was broken. It was <laughs> held together by uh, hair ties. And we would make just, we would just turn the camera on and literally have no clue what we were doing. And
0: you guys had a whole we just, yeah. a backstreet back all right. So
2: we had a whole backstreet boys thing that we did one time at like two in the morning in the dorm. And I think that kind of forever kind of put them on a pedestal between those two, because honestly, just if you take Justin out of NSYNC, it's in crap.
0: Okay, so no, there's no. I'm horribly offended. No, JC Chazé, number one. Chris Kirkpatrick. That's like saying Chris I get the burger Kirk because Patrick. the
2: lettuce is delicious. No one says that. The lettuce is a part of. Bradley Hazemeyer says out of the that. Burger, that is something
0: 100. You would say you'd be like, oh, this butter lettuce is from the ground, and can I wrap my burger in it? It's fantastic.
2: Your version of me is different than my version of me uh backstreet boys i'm sticking to backstreet boys all
0: right fine mash bradley do you know what mash is
2: yes uh <laughs> this was a show that was very popular no, long time ago with... nope. i think it stands for medical with... assistance nope, nope. sometimes help
0: no it's not yeah, the alan <laughs> alda don Knotts was not in that uh, show no the game mash do you yes. know what the game mash is yes did you ever play it or did you just see it's
2: a monster mash the
0: monster mash oh my gosh it
1: is a crazy
2: <laughs> dash
0: Going to be the longest episode ever. Yeah,
2: I remember MASH. MASH was the way we played MASH, though, was uh, with we did circles the circle. like a yeah. snail. Yeah, that's how we, we did the circles
0: it. or we did dashes, but and then somebody said stop. Okay, so MASH, would you have mm. when you were about 12 or 13, would you have picked mansion, apartment, shack, or house?
2: I would have uh picked not playing that game because at age 12 (laughs) I was in seventh grade and that wasn't something a bunch of dudes did hey guys have time at the football game you guys want to play mash again
0: (laughs) you didn't play football in seventh grade don't outside I did (laughs) with your friends and a nerf ball
2: okay first off it was the nerf turbo so it (laughs) screamed when you threw it
1: uh <laughs> uh, uh,
2: sports and sound, uh, too much for me.
0: <laughs> the '90s were awesome. Okay.
2: Um. Okay, but I, some version of that for me, yeah, yeah, of course. I think also we played it with the the hand.
0: That's fortune teller. That's a totally different game.
2: But it was like, who are you gonna marry? Would you not ruin this? Would Sorry? you have I'm... lived
0: in a mansion, apartment, shack or house?
2: Mansion? Hell yeah! What twelve year old is like? Uh, A shack sounds great. Just give me a little tiny abode.
0: (laughs) All right. Okay. And then. No one has that. We're like, who are you going to (sighs) marry?
2: See, I don't, there was no like real.
0: Didn't you have a huge crush in seventh grade on a girl?
2: Uh, yes, yes. She, isn't she Lisa. like a? Isn't she a? She's a trainer now.
0: Okay, wait, but isn't Lisa the ice cream story?
2: Lisa is the ice cream. Okay, story.
0: Okay, so now. we. St- I told this story a little bit in the Claire episode, which is a couple. I of have episodes so ago. many
2: like I pursue the girl, and she's like, "It's too much." I'm like, <laughs> "I opened the door for you." Please. But can you, okay. So
0: Lisa was your um, we're going to go into this but Lisa okay. was like you you she was your first crush, right? First crush. So you loved Huge her. Huge crush. Okay, and then where when you were that age, where did you want to live and what did you want to do when you grew I up? I
2: wanted to live in LA.
0: No, and, really? Yep,
2: and I wanted to okay. play for the Dodgers. My huh. my whole like is for, for seventh our listeners grade, that
0: may not know, what are the Dodgers?
2: The Dodgers are a group of people who got <laughs> out of the war because they were they were not interested. Oh no, sorry. Uh it actually the LA Dodgers, the baseball team, dates back to the Brooklyn Dodgers, where we also live, that were thus named because they were considered the trolley Dodgers which was like kind of a negative term. Yeah, so my goal in-
0: And what position did you want to play?
2: Seventh grade, I was going to be a catcher for the LA Dodgers. I had the whole thing mapped out. I was going to go to Auburn University. I was going to, because what Frank Thomas, who played for the White Sox eventually- And your parents went to Auburn. And my parents did. And
0: they met at Auburn, kind of. I was
2: going to play for their farm team, uh, move my way up and eventually get to the Dodgers. And what's crazy is I actually moved to LA two years after what would have been my seventh grade- like 20-year plan that we we in seventh grade we had to draft out a 20-year plan
0: that's a terrible idea yeah
2: yeah for a minute I wanted to be a pilot but really yeah yeah I I'm wanted not. to be a pilot I had a I, Halloween I had a full-on jumpsuit <gasps> oh
0: that was
1: super with cute with patches I went sure. to air
2: shows I memorized airplanes and their specs and your brother is
1: a pilot my brother is a pilot um okay ever hard for you that he got your dream
2: not in the least that was my <laughs> dream in just the same way that like Ellis wanted to be a princess for like three years.
0: And you wanted to marry Kathy Ireland. I
2: was just more interested in her Kmart collection <laughs> than I was her.
1: You love.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So. Okay. Are you married to Lissa?
2: I'm not. I have no hard feelings toward her though. What? <laughs> I'm fine that I'm not married to her.
0: I think you should tell the Lissa story.
2: Oh, on <laughs> <Sorry.
0: You're sin. laughs>
2: yeah. Um, and I did live in LA for a little bit. You did, and according to uh, my measurement of square footage, I currently do live in a mansion. <laughs> this apartment is three times the size of our Brooklyn one. So, yeah, it
0: does. People are like, "Oh, you're in a you know apartment. I don't want an,
2: I don't want a mansion now though. That's oh. the thing. when I was a kid. I wanted a mansion. I don't want a mansion. I don't want to clean that.
0: Um, okay. Okay. So let's set, set the stage. Me. All right, your crush moment.
2: Crush moment. As I said, my goal was. To become a professional baseball player, I played very. You're
0: so cute. Right now.
2: <laughs> I played very intently, very intensely when I was a kid. My parents even got me a VHS. We couldn't afford travel teams, so like soccer, baseball. Yeah. Some of these teams, you, some of these leagues would have travel teams. You had to pay extra money. You literally travel. You play year round. There were little politics involved, like because you were paying money and you were helping the coach and whatever else. But mostly it was because these people were not never stopping. My parents were like, we have three kids. This is not fitting us. Plus, they didn't have the budget for it. Those things are super expensive. Yeah. And so I got a VHS on being a catcher. I watched that video religiously and I learned how to frame the plate. I had a tennis ball in the basement that was on a string. I would go down there and do drills where I'd throw it against the wall and then like bounce to the ground and stop the ball. I did drills where I would pop up like I was going to throw a guy out at second. I worked on all the mechanics, all the stuff. I was set. This is what I was doing. You know, in middle school, my big thing was I didn't make the bat. This was, isn't my crush moment, but it leads up to it. I didn't make the basketball team because I was told I didn't hustle hard enough. Now, I knew I didn't have the talent, but I thought certainly I could get in some other way. It was like and the like last cut. you're like the cuts.
0: hardest worker I've ever met.
2: But I think it was really born out of that moment. And, mm. and also it was because I desired so deeply to be cool. And in the middle school and high school world where I grew up, athletics was king. So that social strata could only be achieved by, it didn't matter if you had straight A's. It didn't matter if you were the funniest, most talented actor. It didn't matter if you, and really just the main, uh, like more popular sports, let's say. like You could be like the fastest cross-country runner and no one really cared baseball team, football team. So that's what I wanted. So in, in middle school, I really, really wanted to be on the basketball team. I didn't make it. Didn't hustle hard enough. All right, screw you. I'll show you the next time I have this opportunity. Ninth grade comes around. Um, and uh, baseball is huge at, at my high school, Bearden mm-hmm. High School. I, I remember very vividly, really cold uh, mornings, going early, running on the field, taking batting practice, working on stuff, getting rides with my friends. I, I work hard. I do all the things I need to do. I'm showing up. I'm getting bruised, and you know I don't break anything. But I think I still have bones chipped in my in my wrist from from uh, being a catcher and stopping all these balls and and working on everything, every single thing the coach said. I was hustling. I was working hard. Last cut, they read your name. My name wasn't read. And thank you guys so much. You all worked very hard. Come back next year and try it again. And I was just like. I don't understand my seventh grade goals. How does this, this doesn't, this doesn't work.
0: Were you like sitting, were you guys like sitting on the field? And no, while
2: they- we were all standing in the parking lot down by vocational. They just called that vocational. That was like the area that, you know, your are um, uh, like home ec and like uh, all those kinds of classes were
0: of like auto or yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Like shop. Yeah. And standing against the fence in my too big for me sweats uh, a, uh, a sweatshirt, cleats, and holding my bat and my backs up against the like chain link fence with everybody else. And um, coach reads the last few names. And, uh, and it wasn't me. And I, I don't remember anybody else at the time, like it wasn't like at that moment, this huge drop, it wasn't like, now I have enough foresight to know that like, this is a big moment and I can anticipate it. That vernacular wasn't a part of my emotional upbringing. So I, I just was like, oh, I'm so bummed. But I was so bummed for a while. And Did you cry? No, no. I didn't cry until last year about anything.
0: <laughs> that is a lie.
2: Um, no. I, again, I didn't know that it was, I was just kind of like, man, that sucks. I'm going to come back stronger next year, man. Like, I'm getting a good night's sleep and tomorrow morning I'm going to hit the oh. weights. You know, it was like full speed ahead. And I remember I was, I was pretty involved with youth group at the time. And my youth group leader a guy named Jim who's amazing later became kind of just a mentor by proxy, just like who he was, was just mm. so, um, so cool. And we'd get coffee and stuff in college. He, I, I kind of hung out with him more in college, but in high school, I remember going to him and I don't remember if my parents suggested this or if I, kind of brought it up. But I was like, I need to, I need to ask him. And I was just, for me, this changed the entire construct of who God is. If God is so good, why would he not let me make the baseball team? I mean, that seems like a real small ask. I'm not saying like a million dollars. I'm not saying a nice car. I'm not saying like, this is a very simple thing in the grand scheme of things.
0: And you worked hard.
2: And I worked hard. I did everything I needed to do. Um, and, and I just kind of was like, this doesn't add up with who I kind of considered God to be at the time. Yeah. And that, that conversation really started a new conversation, which was just like, who is God? What is God? And all the faith that I had had about who God was, was really just through, again, through proxy. Even my parents would go to church, we do this, we come back. That was it. And there was never that kind of like, now it was on me. Now the rubber meets the road with the idea of like, who is this God? How is, how is this a thing that could happen is this my fault? Did I do something wrong? Did I not work hard enough again? Is this eighth grade again? Mm. So I wish that I had enough kind of understanding or someone there to really kind of help kind of comb through the pieces and help me make sense of it. Um, Jim did that a little bit, but it was I, that's one of the first things I can think of when I think of like real pivot point, a real disappointment.
0: When, when you, when he, well, okay, when you went to talk to him.
2: Yeah. To Jim?
0: Yeah. Did he, him, Jim, did he give you any answers or was it more, he was just letting you kind of ask questions and vent?
2: I think it was just kind of like this. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, here's your answer. Mm. He was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. And that was actually reassuring kind of, because I think uh, if somebody had given me, I don't think any answer would have satisfied me. I don't think there was like, we didn't work hard enough yeah okay well I don't know how much harder I could have nothing would have really solved that issue for me yeah yeah
1: I think sometimes we're sold this formula of like you pray but then you also put in the work and God answers prayers and it sometimes comes off as like and God grants your wishes you know and I and I think you're right there is a really tangible moment where you're like wait a minute but I I did the thing like I followed the formula what's yeah what did I yeah what did I do And that
0: that kind of goes back to a couple weeks ago when we were talking about that whole privilege, Rachel Hollis, that whole thing. I mean, that's a really hard concept, especially as like a teenager, especially as a kid who, quote unquote, did the right thing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what was your whole thing? Like, don't don't drink, don't cuss, don't chew or something. What was that?
2: Don't drink, don't cuss, don't chew, don't go with girls who do.
0: Which is (laughs) such a like... Set like Bradley in my upbringing, that was in so many that was kind was of a so joke, different. it
2: was kind of a joke, but it was lived out. Yeah, it just wasn't that clear. But I think there's this
0: element of like, I don't do the bad things, right? Like, I'm not like mm-hmm. the bad kids and I work hard. Like, why didn't I get like, why can't
2: I have this little thing? This yeah, is so small. Yeah, this is such a tiny thing.
1: And then you see the so bad then, kids who might have made the team, and you're oh, like, and a
2: hundred percent they did, hundred percent they did, and and there were plenty of. Um, you know, later on, there were plenty of stories of what these guys were getting into that frankly would not have been a good place for me. Mm. I, I, you know, it was the baseball team was a party squad. I mean, they were the, um, you know, early drinkers, parents were drinking with the kids. The baseball a of, team? Yeah. The baseball team. A lot of dads had something to prove an ax to grind you know, it's soccer mom. It's it's you know, but it's uh, the baseball dad is like like the tiger mom kind of concept where
0: I feel like baseball dad, out of all the sports, is kind of like way worse than football dad.
2: Such a grinder. Like like they're there it's like an it's like a miniature varsity blues kind of thing they're there raking the grass and like pouring the dirt and cleaning the bases because the more energy and money they put in the quicker their son is to start or to rise to the ranks or whatever you didn't really see that with football you certainly didn't see that in other sports that i was aware of but baseball had its real political element to it um
0: I mean, it's the parents that are trying to prove their worth through their children, right? Living vicariously through their kid. I mean, uh-huh. it's it's varsity blues, not footballs. Varsity blues, operation varsity blues, trying yeah. to get your kid
1: into. Yeah, you that's know. what I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah. I think um, uh, I think probably hockey parents are the most aggressive when it comes really? to that kind of thing. Yeah, because they'll least, check
2: you in the board and they'll I knock your teeth out. I think the general
1: aggression that you're seeing out on the ice, you're you're feeling that huh. as you're getting like. That's interesting. I've
2: never thought about that. Wait, did you play hockey? That seems like a really random (laughs) sport for you to play. Surprise.
1: Did you guys see that Disney Channel movie, Go Figure? That was actually me.
0: Where did that leave you? I mean, you did. Did you play? Did you try out the next year? Okay.
2: So I did. I tried out the next year. I made uh, JV as a sophomore. The baseball program was so kind of rigorous. They had their own freshman team, their own JV team, and varsity.
0: Wow. So they had
2: enough people playing and trying out and stuff like that. So obviously, to make the freshman team, made it my sophomore year, only started two games. So I still went through everything that everyone else did, which I have so much admiration for those guys who are walk-ons at, for college mm-hmm, sports, mm-hmm. guys and girls, uh, because you have to go through everything. You're in the weight room, you're you know, uh, eating the meals, you're doing the runs, you're doing, you have to be there, um, you know all the discipline, all, everything else, but there's no guarantee. And that's how it was for me. It was like, I'm going to go, go, go but the guy who was ahead of me was admittedly better than me. Mm-hmm. I, I will certainly say that, but he also was on the traveling team and his dad helped on the field and he was like pals with the whole starting lineup. And so it was just kind of like, I don't think I'm ever going to, you know, until we had like a blowout team where coach would, would start me. Yeah. And it, it just kind of honestly, and, and the coach did this too, because the program was so rigorous, it burned a lot of guys out who probably would have gone on because they loved baseball. I'm going to in high school for fun. And it was kind of like, there's no room for fun here. I think he was an ex division one college coach who now is doing. So he was like, he brought that college level. Right. So I was kind of like, I don't think this is what I care about. Like I finally made it. I finally got there and it was just like, this is it. I don't really care to be a part of this. It's a mm. lot of my time. I'm not actually starting. I'm not really getting better. And I know I'm not going anywhere to play from this. So there was no real end game, if you will. The end game was just like being on the team. There was no like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I'd started giving up on that dream of like pro baseball. I'm not gonna play in college. I see these other guys, you know.
0: Is there, so okay, so now end of sophomore year, where are you at in terms of?
2: I am taking uh, such a great like sleeper class, Oh, what was it called? It was like like tech dev or something. And okay. it was it was really, I you would go down there, you would watch uh, Price is Right, and <laughs> you would go and get Gardetto's the snacks.
0: Oh, Gardetto's snack mix, the, yep, so snack good. Mix,
2: out of the vending machine. I mean, I felt like I was king of the world when I'd go to that class because you're just like, yeah, hey, what's up, teach? <laughs> yeah, hey, showcase okay, showdown. Am I right? Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna go get a snack. Yeah, okay, cool. And you know, he'd be like, hey, listen, I got to teach you guys something. Um. Uh, this is how you plug something in. Okay, great. Have a great day. I mean, that was literally, (laughs) that was it. And so anyway, I was down there and one of the guys who would come down and was kind of a coach slash a teacher for this was the defensive back coach for the football team. Now this dude was a character. He had played for the Buffalo bills, had a really bad accident, uh, in a car crash, had a piece of metal put into his brain, uh, would scream like, you know, I had teachers, you probably did too, that would never get away with this stuff now. That So this guy uh, who would yell at kids, but also was endearing and was really sweet and all that, um, he he said, hey, Hasemeyer, you should play football. I think uh, I think you got some good shoulders for football. And I was like, hmm, football. Never thought about playing that. I never played peewee. But the baseball team, you had to work super hard. And then there were cuts. Football, you just show up. That was it. And I was like, I can do that. I can show up. (laughs) And so I showed up and I was on the team. I got some cool t-shirts. I got some sweats. Uh, I learned that I hate squats and I had fun playing football. All right. So that disappointment happened right with baseball, sent me to football. I played football a little bit. My senior year, we were terrible. I was horrible. It was just, then it became no fun again. And I was just like, get me out of here. In fact, I actually chose, and this is a bit of a turning point. So I started, I started doing drama in high school as well. And I was like, now this is something I could sink my teeth into. It was very fun. It was team sport kind of, because it was a play, but it was like everything I was already doing, except now I supposed to like, that was goofing off and you get in trouble. And my mom's like, be quiet. And my teacher's like, stop moving. (laughs) And my coach is like, pay attention And my drama teacher's like, I loved everything you just did. (laughs) And I was like, someone gets me for me. We had Oklahoma coming up. And this was like, I had never done plays before, anything like this. I did do stand-up as a talent show in my fifth grade. (laughs) Crushed it. Found a joke book in the library. (laughs) A lot of stand-up knock-knock jokes. Wooed the crowd. I I loved this performance thing, and that was fun. I ended up missing, we were heading to States. Mostly because no one for football. Mostly because nobody else uh, was like. There's like seven teams in the league. The top eight go. So it's like <laughs> we're going to state. Woo! <laughs> um, and so I missed practice for my play rehearsal. Um, and so then the next day after practice, my coach was like, "You missed," and I was like, "Yeah, for my for you know for theater." And he made fun of me for it. So that was a real pivotal point in kind of like jumping tracks, like career tracks. It was baseball, it was pro, it was football. it was, And then I literally put one to the side to choose theater. So then I got into theater stuff and I was like, this is great, this is really fun. But then I was like, again, this is like, no one told me like, you're good at, no, it's not true. People will come up to me and say, you're good at this. But then there was no follow-up, like you should really consider going to school for it. Or you should consider a community theater, or you should, you know. My parents were like, that was fun, wasn't it? All right, let's head home. Which, to <laughs> their credit, that that's how they saw life. You know, this is the, well, they I think didn't going have, back record, to, they didn't know anybody who was, I was in just LA. Gonna say,
0: but going back to the whole track, that was fun. That was sweet. But now we need to go on the, we go to college, we get married, we have kids. Yes, we have the, a career, real we, the real world, the real yeah. world. And I think,
2: and and for a lot of people, that's what it is. Just like baseball was for me, it was like, this isn't gonna take me anywhere but theater was gonna take me somewhere. Um, but there was, no, there was no kind of coach being like, hey, you should really think about doing something with that. So I went to college, was like, what's the hardest thing I could do? So enrolled pre-med, because that sounds awesome. And, and it sounds like Are you this you kidding? Would be, no, I was pre-med. And it sounds like this is a thing that I could be proud of and may, I, th- I think it's just a deep, like, I just wanted to be cool. So what's cooler mm-hmm. than being a doctor? A lot of things it turns out, but I didn't know that at the time.
1: <laughs> was it was it cool that no you to wanted people to people in medicine, me. you're very cool. Yes. I was gonna say, was it cool like you wanted to be like, oh, doctors are cool, or was it cool like you wanna prove to all of those friends that you're like, yeah. I'm a cool guy kind of a I human. don't
2: think I knew that I wanted to prove anything to anyone, but I think that it was the underlying motivator, which was you know, I, I wasn't cool enough to make the ba- the basketball team. Uh, I wasn't cool enough to make the the baseball team. I made the football team, but we sucked. So I, <laughs> and everybody
0: made. And, and, everybody and everyone
2: that. made the football team. And uh, uh and I was also kind of goofy and had never played before. Literally my senior year, I'm still learning <laughs> the names of positions. And they're like, and that's the end of the season <laughs> and the end of your career. I'm like, that person's called a quarterback. Why wasn't I told that before? <laughs> So, yeah, so I, I think there was some sense of like, I got to prove it. Sophomore year, I take organic chemistry. They call it a weed out course because it's so difficult that it's like, if you're still in it at the end of this, then maybe you'll make it through your four years of med school and, and everything else. In the, in the midst of that, I was taking a class where I got to meet doctors and I met doctors and was like, these guys are all jerks. And then I heard again.
0: If you're a doctor, we don't think all doctors are jerks. These
2: were these were doctors who had volunteered their time to come and talk at the school, and they weren't jerks, but they were definitely full of themselves. I Huge met nurses.
1: complex, I'm guessing. Yeah,
2: I think so. And and look, how could you not? It's almost like yeah. meeting a celebrity and being like, how can they not be full of themselves? Everyone around them is telling them how great they are. I don't fault them for that. I remember working at a restaurant, and they and I was a server um in in college obviously and uh, there was all these nurses that came in oh what are you studying oh I'm pre-med I'm gonna be a doctor and they're like can I give you some advice I'm like sure they're like turn around don't do it and I had doctors say with malpractice and all this insurance stuff they're like I got in this to be with people and I'm never around people I'm doing paperwork all the time so I was like this is interesting then I failed organic chemistry this was a major issue because i had worked my ass off i had taken ritalin from my roommates and pulled all-nighters what yes heart. oh
0: i'm so much more attracted i to had you right now. i Here's had some
2: loves
1: it. a bad boy i she do does. i love
2: everybody on this show knows that and i had a, an instructor who was one of these guys who was super brilliant was i couldn't understand what was going on every night was like hours of studying, you don't really understand organic chemistry. You just memorize it. It was like, these are the bonds on an alcohol. These are the bonds on an alhedral tetra (laughs) And then it was like, I was like, I don't even know. Like, it was just beyond me. And I was just like, I'm so overwhelmed. So I failed that class. And it it was the Saving Private Ryan moment when the bomb blows up, your ears are ringing and everything goes silent. And I was just like, what am I doing? I have no future. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, and it was, it was a weird feeling. And it was like, I thought it was this thing. And it's not this thing. And, and again, there was like, there was no real system around. It's supposed to be guidance counselor. That's like, Hey, you failed. Let's talk about it. They were like, what's your name? I'm like, I've met you five times. You're literally <laughs> paid to know my name. And so, yeah, it was just kind of like, uh, oh, I guess I'm not going to be pre-med. Clearly I can't hang. And again, I found out I don't want to hang. You know what I mean? It was one of those things where, I realized that it's not the life I want. When I look back on it now saying all this, it's weird. I've never put it strong and all together like this. So thank you for this opportunity. You're welcome. It feels a little bit like the ghost of Christmas past, like a little bit of a Christmas carol where God kind of let me look into it and realize, hey, you don't have to spend 10 years of your life pursuing this thing. You're going you're gonna to take a bite and be like, send it back to the kitchen. (laughs) It's not what I want. I thought I really wanted this. I took a bite and this is is too much. Um, And so I had taken a PR class by accident, not knowing that, because I thought it was a prereq for speech or something like that. And I was like, this is cool. So anyway, ended up being a PR major. And, and, but, but throughout that time was doing skits. Like I referred to earlier, like why I like Backstreet Boys, my college roommate and I were doing skits with video cameras. I was going to Walmart and interviewing people at two in the morning. (laughs) I pretended to walk into Walmart one time and be a structural engineer. I had a hard hat and a checkbook that I pretended I was talking into. I was just like, I was finding this side of myself. I took a creative writing class that I was like, this is amazing. So all of this was like kind of a late bloom for me. And it came out of that really hard shut door of failing. I
0: think what I've always loved about you is how open you are. You know, I moved to LA with a very strict thing of what was going to happen.
2: A vision. Yes. And
0: I said no to things that I should have said yes to, or at least walked through the door, at least opened the door. And I love that you were like, I don't know, I'm just going out here. I'm going to, I like this. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to host this. I'm going to, you know, do these car reviews. And like, we've realized that we have a ton of listeners that are in there. It would be like Gen Z to millennials. Like we have a lot of late teens, early to mid-20s. I think it's so exciting for people at in this age group to hear mm. the like it's okay to pivot, things to not be go through. Figuring the way. it out. Yes, yes. And and to still be figuring it out. I mean, we're 40 and we're both like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, there's a freedom in the in allowing yourself to be open to like the next thing. I don't know if that makes sense.
2: That's something that I've, I've really come to cherish about getting older is kind of my vision of success as being an older person uh, is um, to be open. That's it. Like before um, it was, you know, it was, I never would have said money, like I need to be a you know, millionaire, but I was clearly happy with, having stuff that's not nice. I wanted a mansion I wanted well even even in college and and after that it was like yeah I mean I want to be comfortable mm. right and we all know that there's no such thing as enough so that would have still driven me crazy but now that I'm older I just want to be open I want to be open to life I want to be open to doors closing you know somebody told me one time and I, I like this analogy they said Bradley you're the type of person that just like grabs life by the horns and just like, like squeezes every ounce he's wrestling this thing and I squeeze every ounce out of it and i i really love that but i think I've,
0: sometimes it's exhausting to be married
2: to i bet it is uh but instead of instead of like wrestling with the horns i want to be more like jujitsu right like that's mm-hmm. that's a, a type of martial arts for <laughs> my for me. my swimmer D- wife okay who didn't play sports Uh, swimming
0: is a sport thank you michael phelps and katie ledecky swimming
2: is getting from one place to the other in an environment where you're not supposed to be
0: punch you you're not supposed to be in the water
2: that's what makes it hard oh
0: my gosh
2: going up in space as an astronaut you consider that a sport no but that's the exact same thing as swimming
0: you watch driving you watch people drive
2: i do that's you watch
0: people drive as a sport driving You watch driving. When you
2: say it like that, it does sound super lame.
0: Okay, go ahead.
2: Um, it's what racing. It? I'm not outside looking at the freeway. <laughs> it's I'm watching racing. It's
0: the same thing. Sorry, Mario Andretti.
2: Okay, but what I'm saying is like, I want to be able That's to- That's literally the
0: only driver I know. Wait, wait, who's the girl that I really like? Catherine She's... Leg. Catherine Legg.
2: Catherine Leg. shout out to Catherine Legg. By the way, love, there's so many women now in auto racing, it's so cool to yes, see. Yes, and
0: I love that. I, I'm just kidding, I actually really enjoy it. Because you watch like- what do you watch? Like Formula One? Formula One
2: and stuff, yeah. yeah. But we're going to be the But I want to be somebody who then takes life coming at me and like is able to work with it instead of being so bent on my way. Um, and that really happened when I moved to LA because I didn't really have an opportunity to have much of a vision. I didn't know anybody.
0: Okay, so really quick before we get into our questions. Part of you being open is you are, you just started a new project.
2: I just started a new project. It's called... Attempting Fatherhood.
0: What what podcast why, network? Why is it, on? is it
2: that the dads you like don't like you back? No. Nope. So no. Nope. No, that's
0: so hard podcast to make network is it on? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: It's called Attempting Fatherhood on the Believe Podcast Network. That's
1: our podcast. Just like, like us. Network.
2: It's the podcast out there for all us dads just trying our best. This kind of came out of a crush moment because I had had an interview show all set to go. We had a, a brand sponsor involved and everything was gonna go. And that was February of 2020. And of course they wanted to pause. Corona was starting to take over New York. And then of course, 2020 became what it was. So it fell through, but I was like, I still have- But wait,
0: I think it's really important. That was the second time it fell through. It fell through with one brand then it fell through with another one After brand it months. fell through because of contract issues the next brand it fell through because of coronavirus it's just like i think it's so important and then we pitched a show kind of similar yeah. that was a parenting another show called brand. trying our best which the brand was on board everything we had all the guests it was a live show during corona and then they literally pulled out the night before and we had all the guest planned so yeah. then we were like uh, what do we do? So we just did it. We just did it by ourselves. And
2: yeah. And, yeah. and so this, this was still inside me. It still was like, hmm. I still love talking to dads. I love connecting with dads. So I talk a lot about in the show, no matter if we've grown up together or I just met you at Trader Joe's, if you're a dad, I instantly have a connection with you. And because there's a shared experience, I love hearing from dads. And the whole point of the show is not to teach people how to be better parents to tell you how to parent. It's just to find out what's working. What are you doing as a dad? Here's what I'm doing as a dad. And let's see, you know, where we meet in the middle. It's been fascinating. And one of the things I'm really interested in, fathers influence their parents. And so that's a question I always ask and get some really cool feedback from. So it's been a blast.
1: You said something Um, really interesting on actually that live that you guys did during COVID. And it's just like, it, it was something I never considered. And you were like, sometimes people treat me like, the babysitter instead of the dad like wow it's so great oh, that you're yeah. hanging out with her or like that you're really like sacrificing so much by just like being in her life and you're like well I'm her dad you know
2: the bar to be a dad is so low it's like there's a consortium of fathers much like fashionistas who get together and pick the color <laughs> of the year the pantone yes. color <laughs> of the year. there's a consortium of fathers who get together and say guys guys let's keep the bar low dad bod Is going to be a trending thing. It means that everyone loves the way we look. We can sit on the couch. (laughs) We can do whatever we want. We don't have to work hard, and this is okay. I don't understand who these guys are. I really applaud them for their marketing efforts. It's done really well. (laughs) Um, But I, it's the same thing with expectations of fathers' involvement. Um, You know, you show up to a PTA meeting ten minutes late, and people are applaud. They everyone's standing ovation. If you're a mom and you show up only a few minutes early, you're clearly not involved enough in your kids' lives and you're getting a bunch of side eyes.
1: Um, Aaron, do you have some questions for Bradley? I do have some questions, okay. First boy. I know, I'm getting really nervous. Um, If you could go back and tell your 12 year old self anything, what would you tell him? So 12, seventh grade, this was before, this was like right when the story takes place.
2: Take all your lawn mowing money (laughs) and buy Apple stock.
1: Some practical advice. All the you women shit are like, "Ton love of cash yourself. in my pocket."
2: Yeah, love yourself. Bullshit. <laughs> Nobody loving themselves. Why do the, Why do we buy clothes? Why do we put on face cream? We don't love ourselves. We love what we want to be.
0: And the best thing is, he's not mocking women. Bradley puts. I on, put on face cream. Bradley puts on more face cream than I do.
2: No, I mean, if you, if you wanted something more like emo, emotional, and um, I would say, uh, you know, quit trying so hard. <laughs> hmm. Quit trying so hard, just just be you. And that's, that's gonna be awesome.
0: It yeah. is awesome, you're the best. Thanks, baby. You're pretty cool. We're not really kissing. That was just me making a kissing noise.
1: It's just Gross. a fun sound effect. Okay, what was your crush song oh, when you were like really going through it? What was it?
2: It's Coldplay, Fix You.
1: That's so when you intense. you try
2: your best and you don't succeed. That's the beginning of the song! <laughs> How mm-hmm. am I gonna last? And his, the, the whole way Chris Martin sings it is like he's kind of crying. When you try your best and you don't succeed, and when you get what you want, but not what you need, when you love someone and it goes, it goes to, to waste. waste. And when he says waste, it's like, goes to waste. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> could it be worse? No, it couldn't be worse. And I remember when I, when I broke up with Megan, in LA. Wait, wait, wait,
0: we should say this was his girlfriend when he broke up with his girlfriend right before me. Yeah. girlfriend right before me. Yeah. Who was like your best friend. We had been great
2: friends in Charlotte. She, she moved to, to LA around the same time I did. We became great friends. She was dating this guy. And then I was like, I don't think I can hang out with you because I've got feelings. And she's like, I don't have feelings. And then she was like, I think I do have feelings. And I was like, well, we shouldn't hang out then this is not okay. So then they broke up and then, and then we got together and then she was like, I'm not sure if I actually like you. And it's like, it's okay. I'll analyze the date every single date and we'll talk about it and it'll be fine. And it wasn't fine. And <laughs> Uh, And we officially split. I remember get in my car and this song came on and I was just crying in my car while driving. And I was like, tears are streaming down my face, (laughs) Chris Martin. I was consciously uncoupling with Megan. (laughs) And at the (laughs) same (laughs) time, it was just amazing. The the whole comedy. And still, when I hear that song, it's just like, there's so much emotion in it
0: can you really quick before we go can you just share your story of the the almost hurricane that came through when you were at the beach with your family after you broke up with her
2: my mom told me it was she was like it was easily the worst family vacation we've ever had (laughs) because i was just in such a funk the whole time and i'm usually the life of the party as you could clearly tell and and so uh but a tropical storm was coming through one night, <laughs> and I remember being on the top of this like three-story, like very Florida um, kind of pastel beach house.
1: Beach house.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah, exactly pastel. I'm sitting, you know, and and the the palm trees are just ripping with this wind, and and it's, you know it's like eleven o'clock at night, and I just I, I felt like that was my insides, and I just went outside, and I was just like. <laughs> everything you can throw at me (laughs) it was like i was also consciously like out of body like this is ridiculous but i was also (laughs) like i don't care self is this all you can tell like it's like hand to god fist in the air uh you know the the camera was panning around me (laughs) as it was rising up shawshank redemption style and um uh, and then i went to bed that's amazing
0: a person in a like a little beach apartment like across the way just looking up and seeing this guy is this all you have god is this it like they're like what is wrong with this man
2: that should have been a good indicator to me that uh dealing with my emotions was something that needed to be on my to-do list (laughs) which it was really throughout that process actually I, i started going to therapy because of acting class all these emotions were coming out in acting class and i was like I don't know, it's like opening your garage and there's like a lion and some snakes and you're like, where did this stuff come from? This is dangerous. I'm closing the door and I'm gonna call someone who can professionally help me.
0: I think I've said it on the podcast before, but if I haven't, it was the best gift you ever gave me was you going to therapy before, yeah. we, before we even really knew yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. Our story, will do that. I wasn't that. doing it
2: for you, I was doing it for me.
0: Well, you didn't know me, so why would you do it for me? You kind of knew me, that's a whole nother story, but anyway. um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, Bradley. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Thank you. This has been great.
0: You're real thank cute. You. We can I go to bed? You can go to bed. Uh,
2: this is great. I really mean it when I say I believe in what you guys are doing. I think it's awesome and, uh, stay the course. There's a, uh, there's a lot of great stuff that's coming out of this.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. We should get married. We are married. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm Aaron, single. Thanks. Guys. Aaron, thanks. <laughs> We're also 14 years older than you and know what TJF. Baby, she doesn't know what TGIF is.
1: I the knew restaurant? the like saying. Okay, thank you. I was like, I know, saying, yeah, I know what the saying TGIF. Apparently, it was like is. the ABC network lineup on Fridays. What are you it's a very talking about? Niche reference. Oh, don't even. It's stop hard for it. It. it's
2: hard for young people like Aaron and I to understand <laughs> what old people are dealing with. Is that All was that a dinosaur? References. It was like Raptor TGIF.